0: This is episode number nine with world champion chess boxer and founder of Brawl for a Cause, Matt Thomas. Welcome back to the Best You podcast. My name is Nick Carrier, fitness trainer and business owner. We all go through life a little bit differently, but we all have one common journey, and that's the journey to become the best version of ourselves. Each day we try to upgrade ourselves, we want to be better today than we were yesterday. That's why each week we bring you the tools and inspiration to help you become the best version of yourself and find your best you. Thanks for spending some time with me and Matt today. Matt is a world champion chess boxer. You're probably wondering what that is. Well, it's a match that goes back and forth between chess and boxing until checkmate or knockout. Pretty intense, right? Along with this, Matt has held a number of boxing events with his nonprofit called Brawl for a Cause and most recently held an event at Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta. Today, Matt and I talked about his journey from losing to a bunch of 8-year-olds to world champion. We talked about his own hero's journey and how the support of others has driven him to growing Brawl for a Cause to the level it's at today. If you're watching this on YouTube, give it a like and a comment. Engage with me. Subscribe there. If you're listening on iTunes, make a review. Move this thing up. The more reviews you write, the more people get access to these tools, tips, and inspiration. But for now, it's time. It's time to work on being our best self today with world champion chess boxer, Matt Thomas. All right, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to Nick Carrier's Best You Podcast. I got the one and only Matt Thomas with me here today, and I'm uh, super stoked to have him. Met you back in college and everything with the Bulldog Brawl. and you know, The way I want to start today is, I think, your story of how you started the Bulldog Brawl and why you started it is super cool. So I want you to go ahead and just kind of start about how how you got about going with the Bulldog Brawl and everything like that, wherever you want to begin.
1: Sure. Well, I'm really excited to be here, excited to reconnect with you after, <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, one of the last times I saw you, you were actually in the ring for, <laughs> All for right. Bulldog Brawl. Um, so really cool. Thanks for reaching out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Bulldog Brawl, uh, it's, it was kind of how Brawl for a Cause started. And yeah. Brawl for a Cause now is a, is a nonprofit. What we do is train, equip and inspire everyday people to fight for what they believe in. Mm-hmm. And it has become my, it, it was a passion project and it's become my, my career um, and, and my mission. So um, the way it started is uh, a little, a little funny. Um, yeah. So I I pledged a fraternity. The fraternity that I pledged at Georgia was Kappa Sigma. And One of the big reasons why I picked that fraternity is they were planning a interfraternity boxing event. And the way that it was explained to me just sounded like the coolest thing ever. Yeah. So I didn't know if I wanted to fight in it or help plan it, but I knew I wanted to be involved. And uh, my, my big brother in the fraternity was also the president. He was the main guy kind of spearheading this project. And so he and I started working on it and about a a year into working on it and me being in the fraternity, the fraternity got in some trouble and we were kicked off campus, our social calendar was revoked and this event that we had been working on kind of died with the fraternity. And I was bummed out, but there was other things to do on campus. So I I, I got involved in student government, I got involved in a a philanthropy called UGA Heroes and I worked my way up to the executive board of that. And one day, there was about 10 of us on the board and we were sitting around a table, and we were kicking around fundraising ideas. And when it got around to me, I said, well, what about a charity boxing event? You yeah. Know, we're, we're called Hero. We could be a hero for these kids by literally fighting for them. Yeah. And people liked the idea. So they said, okay, like, what would we need to do this? And I was like, well, I, I kind of, I've kind of done a lot of the work already. Like, yeah. Here's here's some stuff that we need. And they said, okay, we'll get us a budget, and, and we'll talk about it in our next meeting. So. I went out. I, I figured out what a budget would be. I, I um, figured out dates for the Jordan Theater, which had just reopened from from burning down right. uh, the previous year. And I, I talked to about 10 people that said that they would be interested in fighting this thing. So I came back to the next meeting. And I was like, hey, you know, here's my uh, event model. Here's how much money I need. Here's some potential dates. And here's some people that are ready to compete. Yeah. So I thought it was, like, an easy, like, "Yes, sure. let's go. Yeah. And uh, they said, "Well, you know, we talked to our our national organization based in Atlanta, and um, we don't know if we want to take on the risk of a of a combat sports yeah. event, and we're not sure how it looks, and um, you know, maybe maybe this isn't such a good idea." And I, I was pretty bummed. And um, I said, "Okay, is this like a never thing?" And I said, "Well, maybe next year." Yeah, it's like I don't want to wait till next year. Right. So. I got permission to uh, go and try to do it myself and and basically what what I said was all the money will still go to UGA Heroes, it just won't be under the hero yeah. umbrella, it'll, it'll be me taking on the risk, it'll mm-hmm. be me buying the insurance, me uh, supporting the sanction, recruiting the fighters, getting the date, and all that stuff. So that's so what we did, we, uh, we, we set the date for about three months out okay. and uh, booked the Georgia Theater, we put a ring on the stage, we had 44 people fight in the first event. Twenty-two bounce. We raised twelve thousand yeah. dollars, which was one dollar for every child affected by HIV/AIDS in the state of Georgia, which is what Hero uh, benefits. And um, that experience completely changed my life. Mm-hmm. I, I took you know an idea that um, I, I didn't come up with. Yeah, you know, the, the people have been doing fraternity boxing events or charity boxing events or whatever for a long time, but. Um, There was still an idea point of this process where it hadn't been done at Georgia. Yeah, hundred percent. And and then I I I walked through all the steps of of making that vision a reality. Yeah.
0: And what I want to ask you: Why do you think that you were able to take on the risk yourself, or willing to take on the risk at yourself, and had the faith that you were going to be able to make it happen?
1: Uh well two things. So before I actually put down a deposit for the date, I talked to a few potential sponsors. Yeah. And one was Omni Club. And I I walked into Omni Club and I told myself if if I get a thousand dollars from Omni that that's more than enough for the deposit and that's that's a good sign that right. i'll be able to get other sponsorship money and that uh, i won't just rely on ticket sales because that's kind of the the, the risky part of yeah. events is you're relying on people showing up no one shows up you don't make any money you're right. gonna lose money or you know you can't do it again yeah. um and uh and, and so i walked into that first pitch with omni and the um uh, the manager of Omni said, We want to put our name on this. We're starting a boxing program. Um, and this is a perfect way to announce it. It's yeah. Right around the same time, uh, our, our first event was January 21st. They were opening it in January for like New Year's resolution type people. So they're like, We'll give you $2,500 and we'll be the title sponsor. <laughs> oh my gosh. And that basically covered my overhead. Yeah. So I was like, Okay, like, you know, I'm a huge alchemist guy. Yeah. I hadn't read the book at that time, but. I, I read it afterwards and realized that that moment was that be- beginner's luck for moment sure. yeah um, and, and, a, and a good omen. Um, and so I was like, okay, like here we go. And I, I had a few friends help me out. UGA heroes still helped get the word out about what we were doing. Um, but it was mostly my friends or friends of friends that signed up to fight. So I, mm-hmm. I knew basically everyone in the event yeah. And, um, and so when the event rolled around, um, I watched my friends fight each other. <laughs> yeah, that's hysterical. And some of them, um, some of them did really well. Yeah. Some of them didn't do so well and yeah. kind of got their butts kicked and mm-hmm. I had a little bit of guilt about that. So after the first event, you know, it's this amazing moment of uh, people lining up around the corner to come into the Georgia Theater to come to an event that, you know, started. And, and it was just this kind of surreal moment and uh, we got front page cover story the next day of the Athens Banner Herald and my yeah. mom called me crying because I was interviewed on local news yeah. and all of stuff and and the week after I was like I'm never doing this again like really? cool one and done like I had the experience I have some of this weird like guilt kind of stuff because my friends kind of got their butts kicked and um, and it was just it took so much out of me to do that event like yeah. I I lost my girlfriend I basically didn't do any thing with school or social or anything it was just like it was all encompassing Mm -hmm. i was like i can't do that again (laughs) yeah so how did how did you
0: come from that place of being kind of down on yourself and being so worn out from that to being able to pick yourself back up and being like let's do this again and grow it even more
1: it was others Uh, others believed in the event they wanted to fight in it they helped they wanted to help volunteer and they they convinced me to do this again it was people like duff finney i know you know um who who said, you know, I may not fight again, but I wanna help you I mm. want to help you do this again. Yeah. And and having help. You know, it it, it spreads the weight out amongst yeah. more shoulders. So it's um that helped a lot. And then the other thing that really helped was I I decided to fight. Um, I decided to put myself in the shoes of the people that were in the event to make mm. sure it was a good thing. And I hadn't fought at that point. I'd I'd been training a little bit at Ramsey Center. And, yeah um, I started training at Omni when they became a sponsor but uh, I really hadn't tested myself in yeah. this way yet. So I signed up to fight. I trained for about eight weeks and and uh you know lost a bunch of weight and stopped drinking and all that kind of stuff and um was probably in, in the best shape of my life, at least until recently. Yeah. Um and uh I, I tried fighting and the the short version of that story is in the first round I dislocated my shoulder. Yeah. And um and I just had this flood of, of terror. You know, I trained for weeks. People know me as this bulldog brawl guy. Mm-hmm. Like, I was expected to win, and now I can't even get through the first round. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm injured, and uh, and I my, my shoulder was dislocated. I was trying to get it back in, and um, and finally I got it back in. And the doctor checked me out. He's like, "Do you want to keep going?" Yeah. It's like it's back in. I'm like, let's go. <laughs> you know? Oh my word. Um, and so uh, I got my butt kicked for most of the fight, but in the third round. Kind of pulled myself back together. He had worn himself out. I got two knockdowns and I ended up winning the fight. Oh, wow. And so after that fight, I was just like, man, like I learned so much about myself in those six minutes. Yeah. And I know everyone won't have the same kind of experience that I had. But if I can at least create the space or the opportunity for mm. other people to to learn more about themselves through boxing, then I think it's a good thing. Wow. I think I want to keep doing it. Do and you think so, if you would have lost that you would have had a different – Outlook on the whole thing moving forward, it's hard to say about me personally. But what I can speak from is is others' experiences yeah. where we, we've had plenty of brawlers lose and still say it's it's a life changing experience. Yeah. It's something that changed the way they think, changed the way that they approach adversity and mm-hmm. challenges. And that's really, really what we're doing. It's for a cause. It's it's great that we raise a lot of funds and awareness for for deserving causes. It's great that we entertain a lot of people that come to our events. Right. You know, those are all good byproducts. But really, what our mission is, is to train, equip, and inspire everyday yeah. people to fight for what they believe in. Mm-hmm. So it's it's getting into the heads and, and rewiring the heads of the people that are willing to. To put themselves in harm's way for something bigger than themselves, and, yeah. and turning them into a better version of themselves, mm. turning them, to unleashing that inner hero that everyone has inside yeah. of them.
0: I think I think one thing that I've already noted from a couple of different experiences that you've had, and something that I hear about is that life doesn't happen to you; it happens for you. And kind of realizing that you got to take advantage of some negative experiences. So for you, you had the heroes committee kind of sh- shut it down, and be like, oh, "I don't think we want to do this," and then you could have been like. Oh man, you're right. This isn't a good idea, and not have done it. But you that you let that situation happen for you, and then you went and started it yourself. You had your shoulder dislocated during the the match, and you could have, you know, pity party or like I I can't fight anymore or whatever. But you let that negative situation you took hold of it, and you're like. I'm going to get back in there. And like you said, you learn so much about yourself and that probably gave you so much more passion for realizing what the true passion was to inspire people through boxing, to be able to grow themselves and be better versions of themselves. So I think it's really cool that you've been able to take advantage of these negative experiences and have them work in your favor. So I think that's
1: awesome. I I love that quote. Life doesn't happen to you. It happens for you. And, And I, I don't know if I believe it in a, in a, Truth kind of way. Yeah, like I, I don't know if someone's pulling the strings and it's actually happening for well, you. But yeah. but it's an amazing perspective to have about life. Yeah. because if you have that perspective, it, it assumes optimism. Mm. It, it, something happens to you, and and you can flip it. It's yeah. I'm not a victim. Yeah, I'm I'm a hero. I'm going to overcome this. I'm yeah. going to use this to my advantage. And. I, in my experience, the people that I, I respect and, and try to emulate the most are the people that can take adversity and turn it into opportunity. Yeah. Those, those are the people that I find myself drawn to. Those are the people that inspire me. Um, and, and so that's one of the things that we preach in Brawl for a Call is, listen, you're, you're going to have the first day of sparring. Like you have to spar before you fight in the main event, yeah. right? And when you walk into that first day of sparring, Everyone is unprepared. Yeah. You haven't been punched in the face no. yet. And that, that is not a, a nice feeling. Yeah. Everyone wakes up. When you get punched in the face, and it invigorates some people, it terrifies some people. But regardless, it's all about how you respond to that punch in the face. Yeah,
0: and I'll, I kind of want to speak a little bit towards my my experience because I in the Bulldog Brawl. What number was that? Do you know uh, if it was the second, third? Was it twenty
1: thirteen or twenty fourteen?
0: Uh, twenty thirteen, I believe.
1: It was the third event. Okay, gotcha, gotcha, yeah. cool. Um,
0: for me, it's funny because I only I wrestled for two years growing up, seventh, and eighth grade, and I always had this. I always got so nervous before it. I was I was really good. I like lost like three matches in two years, but I always got super nervous beforehand and I didn't know why. I was like, I'm, I'm good. I have put the work in. I've worked hard. And I don't think that was the reason why I stopped wrestling because I was really just wanted, wanted to focus on the other sports. But I've kind of gone back to, was that one of the reasons why I stopped doing it? And I think just having all the like spotlight on me and having everybody on me and not being able to rely on any team was something that I maybe had a little bit of a fear of and being able to step into the ring, having had no experience with boxing and not being able to have confidence behind that. like I knew I was in shape and could probably outwork a lot of people, but being able to like overcome that fear... Um, and ste- stepping into the ring into something I'd never done before was something that I definitely kind of found and resonated with me going back to that wrestling thing. So I think that was super cool. And it was able to empower me in that way. So that was that's awesome. Um, so great job.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Glad that, that was your experience. Yeah. I, and, you know, we, we, we've had a lot of people um, express similar sentiments. Yeah. And we've had some that did not have a good experience. Yeah. And that's yeah, it's okay. that's life. Yeah. You know, so it's, some things are really going to... Help you and move you forward, and some things aren't, and, yeah. and a lot of it is, is your perspective and how you respond to it. But there's some things outside of your control. Yeah. Um, at at Brawl for a Cause, what we what we try to do and and what we want to be the best at is is tailoring a hero's journey for everyone. Yeah. So mm, you know cool. we want to create a, a basically a real life video game. Yeah. Where you sign up for this quest. And every step of the way, you're departing from these, these old comforts. You're sacrificing yeah. uh, things that you're used to. Yeah. You're disrupting your normal routine to wake up earlier and work out, yeah. to, uh, to get punched in the face. Voluntarily. <laughs> um, and, yeah, and, and do it in front of your friends and your family and coworkers and all the people that support your cause. That's a scary thing. So yeah. you, inevitably, you're tackling fear. But you know, we're here for you. Yeah. So we, we help train you. We're, we, we pair you with a mentor, someone that's been through the Brawl experience before that can speak from experience. And, um, and, and after you go through that training, we start introducing some trials for you. Yeah. So the first time you make fundraising calls. It's a scary thing. Oh, for sure. Hey, I, I would rather get punched in the face ten times than make, <laughs> than make one call asking people for money. It's yeah. a tough thing to do. Yeah. But that's part of the brawl experience. It's it's more of a fundraiser than a fight. Yeah. So you know we're we're training people to get outside of that comfort zone and and know that their heart is in the right place as mm-hmm. long as their calls comes first. They're they're doing the right thing if, yeah. they're, if they're asking someone to to raise money if they can give great if they can't give now they know what you're doing and yeah. why you're doing it. that's important. And so, um, you know, the, the the fundraising call is a trial. The first sparring day is a trial. Yeah, we we introduce these trials where it starts to build up. Yeah. And, and kind of callous your mind, but build up this confidence. Yeah, and uh, you're resilient and to more of those things that come up and in, in life, and in your and in for a cause moving forward. Exactly, because eventually it parallels to life. Yeah. but in the moment, you're just like, this is hard. Yeah, and I got through it. This is hard, and I got through it. Mm-hmm. But you're, you're building up that momentum going into the main event, that yeah. main day. And uh, there's, there's a book I love that I, I, I've i based a lot of this on called The Hero with a Thousand Faces. Okay. It's by a, a academic and um, turned writer and speaker named Joseph Campbell. And what he did is he, he took heroes' journeys from every culture, every religion, and he put them all right up next to each other. It doesn't matter the time period. It doesn't matter the, uh, the the religion. It, it, it All heroes' journeys have these same tenants, these same plot points, okay. and and so he says this is what a hero's journey is, and then he he contrasts them too. So he says you know this is why Jesus is different than Buddha, There are are cultural expressions of yeah. why um, you know the the West uh, resonates with a servant leader and why the East resonates with uh, searching inward for enlightenment, hmm. and and he go, he breaks down these hero's journeys into these really uh, consumable, really applicable ways that I love, and so what. What I want the, the brawler's journey to be is, is, is one of those experiences, but for the modern day and yeah. for everyday heroes that can fight for the change they want to see in the world in their own way. And so the, the final step of every hero's journey is facing the dragon. Mm-hmm. It's the antagonist moment where you're, you're fighting the final boss. Yeah. Um, but what all the heroes learn is it's not about defeating someone else. It's about taking on some sort of fatal flaw. Or some sort of insecurity, or some sort of fear within yourself. Facing the dragon has nothing to do with with facing anything yeah. external. It's internal. Mm-hmm. It's it's a battle against the the former version of yourself that yeah. you need to overcome in order to become that hero. Yeah, and um, and a lot of our brothers experience that. They they realize, hey, what I was scared about coming into this, I overcame, and I'm a different person because yeah. of it. And that's a that's a power. I'm getting goosebumps talking about yeah. <laughs> it. It's something I, I deeply care about. It's something I believe in. And um, and and once they do that, you're changed. And and with that experience, the reason why we have this mentorship program. Once you go through the Brawler's Journey, you give back. Is is what brings that hero's journey full circle. Is is something that Campbell calls passing the boon. Yeah. And the boon is that 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 ex, that, that, that empirical evidence that the hero's journey is true. Yeah. And and that. Um, and that others can do it too. It's not just reserves for these select few that are Achilles or, or um, you know these these mythical figures that that don't actually exist. No, everyone's yeah. a hero. Everyone can do this. That mm-hmm. um, no one's special, right? Yeah, like everyone can. Uh, have the kind of perspective that life is happening for you. Everyone can have the kind of perspective that when adversity comes, I'm going to turn it into opportunity. Yeah, um, and this is just one way to do that. Yeah, 100. And I think that, like, like you said, it's just
0: one way to do it. There's so many different ways for people to kind of realize how to defeat that inner dragon, like you were talking about. Um, and it's just about about finding those different ways that res- that resonate with you. Um, but what, so, what I want to talk about now is um, I know that you just recently are going full-time with Brawl for a Cause, right? How, how
1: long ago was that decision? Uh, it wasn't until our most recent event that we that, that could even be an option. Yeah, okay. So uh, the board meeting we had after our most recent event, the board set a salary for me for the first time in yeah. the six years that I've been doing these charity boxing events. Yeah. Um, and that has allowed me to put more of my time into Brawl for a Cause. Okay, gotcha, cool.
0: So what was making that decision to go brawl for brawl for a cause full-time like? Like it's definitely, you know, it was, probably, it was probably risky and probably had a little bit of fear behind it. So what was that making that decision like and what pushed you to finally
1: making that full-time decision? So, I, I mean, ever since the first event, I've I've been trying to quit yeah. brawl for a cause. <laughs> like right, yeah, like a lot of people uh, that – start something and they're so passionate about it, all you hear from them is, you know, I never doubted myself. I stayed committed to it. I was persistent. I was like, I try to get out of this yeah. thing a couple of times. And and it's the other people. It's the people that Brawl for a Cause has, has touched that is, have always kind of inspired re- me yeah, to re- keep it re- going. Re- and so um, the, the first kind of progression towards going full-time in Brawl for a Cause was bringing it from a college event model and, and from Athens to Atlanta. Because that was, that was the jump that I made in my personal life. Yeah. It's like now I was living in Atlanta. Now I was starting my career. And uh, and, and I thought, okay, Brawl for a Cause, maybe someone like you or Trent or, or someone could help run it. And and maybe I could still be involved in some way for the yeah. college event. But, you know, I, I can hand off the torch and be done with this. Mm-hmm. That didn't happen. Um, and, and, and when I got to Atlanta, uh, all these people that had been coming to these events for the last – three years mm-hmm. uh, from when I moved to, to Atlanta they're like hey are you gonna do one here and when is it and, yeah I'd like to train her I know someone that would be interested in doing it or yeah. have you thought about doing it at this venue I know someone over there and she's just like okay you know like let's go yeah <laughs> so um, the the first big step was was planning our Atlanta event and what we did was we we changed the college event bottle So instead of one big event benefiting one cause, which was UGA Heroes for the first couple events, we allowed each fighter to choose their own cause to fight for. Mm. So now it wasn't about us as the organizers and what cause we cared about and all these people fighting for for us. It was about them. It was about what was in their heart, what what had affected their lives or their family's lives. And... and that that was the the inflection point. That was when everything changed because from a business standpoint, we were planning events for UGA Heroes, which is one community. And so UGA Heroes would help us sell tickets. It would help us fundraise. And at the end, UGA Heroes would get a big check. What happened when we allowed every fighter, every brawler to choose their own cause is now that same effect that we had with UGA Heroes was multiplied by 20. Yeah. So we had 10 fights, 20 fighters. We had 20 different causes that were helping us sell tickets, helping us fundraise, that were there and going to get a check at the end of this experience. Mm -hmm. So now our our marketing, our network marketing, 10, 20, 30 X'd because uh, now everyone had a lot more incentive to be involved Mm -hmm. in in the event. So from a business standpoint, uh, the model became a lot more viable In in the college event. We we're raising dozens of dollars for charity because, you know, college kids are on a budget. They're living off their parents. They they can spend a ten dollar ticket to come to an event. Maybe they'll donate five bucks if their friends in it, but they can't do much more. In Atlanta, we, we're getting, you know, real jobs, with yeah. real paychecks. You can start to spend fifty bucks on an event, yeah. hundred bucks on an event. If one of your buddies is in it, you really want to support them. Yeah, <laughs> you might donate a hundred bucks. You might donate two hundred dollars. You know, so it, the the numbers start going up. Yeah. So, our impact starts going up, which means more people getting interested, which mm-hmm. means more causes want to get involved, which means more people want to sign up to fight for those causes. Yeah. And it just propagates. It, it gets that snowball rolling down yeah. the hill and turns into an av- avalanche. And so, when I saw the potential of it uh, in Atlanta, I, I, the way I started thinking about this changed. It, it started out as a college side project, I was funded put on events and yeah. the biggest music theater in Athens. And I, you know, my social life kind of changed as a result. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, more girls wanted to talk to me. And, yeah. You know, I was doing it for, for yeah good reasons, yeah. But, but some of these like byproducts, you right. know, not probably Why not nice. so good reasons. Yeah. And, um, and in Atlanta that shifted. Uh, I started realizing how, how many lives we could touch, not just through the people coming through the event, but yeah. um, how these, these causes could benefit from, from the funds and awareness of a, uh, philanthropic entertainment collision of, of this, this event experience. So, um, we, we built up some momentum in Atlanta. We had our first event at the grand Hyatt, our second event at the Westin at and the, the fundraising totals just kept getting bigger. And our main event in the the Westin event in 2016, um, a guy named Sam Konigsberg won the fight. And after the fight, he, he told me that he wanted to come onto the board for the brawl, yeah, and and help me scale it, help me build it. And Sam's background is is his schooling was similar to yours. Okay. he did finance, and uh, he he went into BlackRock after school, so um, largest uh, asset manager in the world. Um, and he became the youngest vice president at BlackRock uh, when he was thirty, and uh, or before he was thirty, and. So his skill set was the opposite of mine. I mean, I, I yeah. studied history and comparative literature. I like <laughs> stories. I like storytelling. Yeah. I can do a little bit of sales, but like I, I look at a spreadsheet and yeah. everything dances around. Right. You know, I, I don't have that kind of mind. And so, um, he was the missing link. Okay. He, he, he was, he was what could balance me out, and he believed in it. Um. So you feel like that having that little bump gave you the confidence
0: to go full time with it, or what was like? Like the personal, the, like this is risky. Like, should I do this now? Is this the right time? Like, what was that like?
1: It's a good question. It's hard to articulate. Yeah. But seeing someone like him believe in this thing that I hadn't taken as seriously as I should have. Yeah. Um. And 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 see a vision for the future of Brawlfur calls that was bigger than my own. Completely shifted my perspective towards yeah. it. And and knowing that I had shortcoming that would that would stunt the growth of Brawl for a Cause, things like not knowing how to do a financial model, yeah. things like not knowing how to replicate a model in other markets or, or think about other alternatives to expanding. Uh, basically, just all this business experience that I was lacking was was in this other person. that had mm-hmm. a bigger vision for my thing than yeah. I had. And um, it rocked my world. And he was part of an investment group called Rise Ventures that had a connection to Mercedes-Benz Stadium, yeah, and they had purchased a field level suite. They uh, they had great connections to the event staff over there because they wanted to host their own events, mm-hmm. and so they facilitated the the communication between Brawford Cause and Mercedes-Benz Stadium to have our twenty seventeen, I'm sorry, twenty eighteen event yeah. on the field, yeah. And we were uh, we we contracted to be the first combat sports event on on the new field where the Falcons and United play, yeah, and. Uh, it was this time last year that we signed the contract and um, and I think back to that and uh, well, first and foremost, I had no idea what I was signing up for yeah um, I and, and I may not have done it had I had, had known I known you were. Um, because working with an organization with uh, with so so many people working under that umbrella, because Mercedes-Benz Stadium is owned by Arthur Blank Sports Entertainment, right? Which is which, which also owns Falcons and United, and mm-hmm. so they just have a massive team. They have an army, mm-hmm. and um, and they're protecting the the piggy bank of, of yeah. a billionaire. Um, and and I, you know, it's just me and Sam yeah. and, and some volunteers. Yeah. You
0: know, you know, I'm I'm absolutely fascinated right now in something very in particular. Like you said, ever since that first event, you've been trying to find kind of a way out of it. You haven't, you've needed other people's passion to kind of reel you back in and reinvigorate you and light that fire. Why do you think that that was like, why did you not have the the confidence in it or maybe the confidence in yourself to make it happen? Like, why did you need other people to light that fire for you?
1: I saw myself doing other things. I, I grew up wanting to be a lawyer. I went to law school. I ended up withdrawing in, lar- in a large part because of the success of Raw for a Cause. I, I went into tech entrepreneurship working in this building where we are, Atlanta Tech Village, for a company called Sales Loft. Left them to join another company called Roadie. Both startups did extremely well. Sales Loft, I mean, they're, they're at like 300 employees now. Roadie's doing business with Macy's and Home Depot and Delta. They're doing extremely well. hmm and I was an early employee at both. I could be riding those wagons off into the sunset. Yeah. Just um, – and I, I guess my ego, my, my – um, you know You know what I, I – I,
0: I think it's that almost like society – not like I'm trying to figure out the best way to, to verbalize it. But like maybe society just thinking that you were supposed to go do something else. And not really realizing that, and giving yourself the permission to go after
1: this thing. Look, being a lawyer, is sexy. You know, i <laughs> I, I, grew up, I grew up playing chess, and I saw being a lawyer as playing chess in a courtroom for the rest of my life, hmm. and getting paid really well to do it. Yeah. And then being a tech entrepreneur, especially in our generation, is like the top of the pyramid. Yeah. People want to be jobs. People want to be, Zuck. You know, like it. It's. Uh, my ego wanted that. Yeah, I, I wanted to to do that. So I was going to go learn from tech entrepreneurs and then do my own thing. Yeah, but that's not my my story. It's yeah. not my plan. And and I the the more I've done Brawl for a Cause, the more I've believed in it. And it's in part because I, I believe that this is my path. This is what I'm on this planet to do. And and part of it is you know, these angels come into my life that w- when I start to doubt myself, when I start to get scared, when I feel. Um, insecure, like you know, I can't do this. I, I'm no longer alone. Yeah, the, there's someone else getting in the the trenches with me, picking mm-hmm. up a shovel and helping me dig. Yeah, and uh, that's everything. I mean, and that's what we're building with Brawl for a Cause. It's a community. For, first and foremost, it's for the brawlers. It's for the heroes that can go out there and change the world. And that brawler community is growing. It's becoming more and more powerful. Uh, but it's also a community of, of people helping to to be those those facilitators that support staff for those brawlers mm-hmm. you know if, if everyone's batman the thing i love about batman is he's not like superman where he has like every freaking power yeah. and, like that anyone could imagine yeah. he's shooting laser out of his eyes he can fly he yeah. can lift up buildings like no batman's just like he had early adversity as a child yeah and and he like drilled and and taught you know learned martial arts and built this fortune or or you know inherited it but ran the company to so it didn't run into the ground so yeah. he could still use those resources to to equip himself with the tools and the training that he needed to right. fight evil. Mhm. brawlers are that? Yeah. You know, they they are they are fighting their own fight in their career to be able to afford to to take time out of their regular life to train. We help them with equipment or sponsors give them wraps and gloves and and gear to to take on this challenge and then you know, basically our job is just to be Alfred. Yeah. What do you need? When do you need it? Uh, you want some advice? You know, I, we, we've been around, like we can yeah. help give you advice and uh, and you just need a cheerleader in your corner. We can do yeah. that too. Yeah. But uh, that, I got to
0: tell you, I I have so many thoughts going through my head right now. The fact that you brought up the Superman thing is actually hysterical because I just, so I just finished a book called 12 Rules for Life by a guy named Dr. Jordan Peterson. And I think it might be the last chapter, or second to last chapter. One thing I've read is he brought up Superman mm-hmm. and the evolution of Superman. It started back in like 1930, and then they kept creating more and more powers for Superman till he got to this point where he's literally invincible. Like I think omnipotent is the right word. Like literally can do anything. And once Superman got to that point, it lost its it lost his steam because no there longer was, relatable. It was not there was no limitation behind it. And be, one of the things that he brought up was part of being. Is becoming. Mm -hmm. And like you have to have some sort of limitation to be able to overcome to have people to relate to it. So I think that when you brought that up, that was hysterical. And then I started thinking about how you said your ego was what you thought held you back. I think now taking the leap of faith to go full time, you in a sense slayed that inner dragon of the ego that was holding you back. And now finally, because that ego is gone, you're going to be able to blow it up and make it huge because you never, no longer have this thing that's holding you back. You have, now you realize like, I can do this. You're giving yourself permission and now you're going to run with it. So I just had to get those thoughts. The Superman thing was awesome and then I, don't know, I just think I'm fired up for you right now oh, because I think you. you're at a great point. I think you're just going to absolutely blow it out of the water now. Thank Finally you. That, you, that you've that you gotten over the, the ego thing. But what I want to get into now is your latest uh, endeavor, kind of the chess boxing thing. And you told me before the interview that you had this uh, universe moment, if you will, that you realized, like, I I need to do this. So I want you to talk about that moment and why you knew you needed to do it.
1: So uh, first of all, what is chess boxing? Yeah, yeah, Um, (laughs) there you go. so, So chess boxing, a lot of people think, Chest, um it's actually the board game chess yeah. combined with the combat sport boxing. Okay. And the sport is alternating rounds between the board game chess and the combat, board, mm. the combat sport boxing until there is either checkmate or knockout. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so you go I back like and forth against the same opponent yeah. on the chessboard and in the ring. You're punching each other. You're taking each other's pawns and knights until someone either runs out of time, someone's king gets taken, or someone gets knocked out. Yeah. Whatever comes first, and so I I mentioned earlier that I fought in college and I dislocated my shoulder. Um, afterwards, I had a lot of damage uh, to my shoulder. I, I had to do a lot of rehab. I tried to avoid surgery at all costs. Uh, but even with the rehab and the physical training and all that stuff, my shoulder was still coming out about uh, two to three times a week. So Jeez. I was I was asleep. I would wake out wake up with it out of socket. Um, yoga, it was slipping out. Um, I, I would reach back in my car to grab something in the back seat. It would slip out, and I'm on the road. It's dangerous. Yeah. So it was affecting my day to day life, and I finally bit the bullet and decided, okay, it's time for me to fix this. Thing. Yeah. And I was terrified because um, surgery's no problem, uh, but the recovery is is hell. Yeah. And um, and I knew that I wasn't going to be able to work out, and I mean that's my. That's my meditation. That's my release. Yeah. Uh, I, I train with the brawlers. I, you know, I, I, I really love being active. And, yeah. and recovery meant six months of not being able to hit a heavy back. And so, I got the surgery, and uh, I, the surgery that I got it was an open bank cart. With an open bank heart, you have to sleep sitting 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 up mm-hmm. for six weeks. So you're you're in this air cast, Jeez. and um, you're, you're sleeping in you know lazy boy or or with pillows propped up behind you right. in bed or whatever. And so I, I didn't sleep through the night for, for six weeks. It was like, you know, you're, you're kind of like sleeping in little pockets during the day and then you're sleeping in little pockets during the night. And in between, I was, uh, I was watching a lot of Netflix, a lot of YouTube. And yeah. I was watching YouTube one day and, and, you know, the little sidebar that, like, serves you videos right. of, like, things you may like, um, a chess boxing video popped up. Yeah. And we were seeing it. I was like, "This got to be like a spoof, right? right like, yeah. like something made up." So I, you know, I'm like whatever. I'm not doing anything. Like, <laughs> I have nothing but time to kill. Yeah, like, I'll click well on it, it, like see, check it out. I watched, and it was super legit. Yeah, these, these people were like, you know, chiseled and like, you know, really high rating in chess and like, you know, doing both. And I was yeah. like, "Oh my god, this is a real thing!" Like, yeah. and I, I got obsessed with it. So I watched that first video. I watched. Every video on YouTube, I read all the articles right. about it, and, and found out that it was a relatively new sport created in, in 2003 by this Dutch guy named eBay. Okay, and uh, I found I tracked down the contact information for eBay, and uh, I sent him an email. I was like, "Hey, man! Like, I love what you're doing. Um, you know, it's super cool that you created a sport. Like, big fan. Um, and uh, and you know, I'm sitting in a recovery bed right now, but someday I'd like to." Try this. Yeah. You know, do you do any events in the United States? And he said, oh, no. Currently, we're only in Europe and, and Asia. I said, well, do you have interest in bringing it to the States? I do this thing called Brawl for a Cause. I promote charity boxing events. Maybe I could help. And he said, you know, that'd be great. How about you compete in one of our events first so you can see how it works? Hmm. And then maybe we can talk about expanding to the States. I said, okay. So, you know, we'll, we'll stay in touch. I need to get recovered. I need to get in shape, but I'll reach back out. So... Um, about a year and a half goes by, and I'm starting to train again. I'm starting to spar again. My shoulder's feeling pretty solid. So I reach out to him again. And I ask him, like, What do you have coming up? And he said that the chess boxing world championship is July 2018, and then I should consider entering. And I'm and like, when
0: are, when are you, what At time frame was this? July 2018? Where, where was this now? This was is May
1: 2018. You know. No way. So this is three months before. Oh, my Lord. So. Um, you know, I'm like, listen, it's three months out. Yeah, These are, if it's the world championships, the, you know. The, the best, the best. The best in the world yeah. at this. And he's like, the sport's still early days. Yeah. Like, you can do this. I'm like, I don't want my first, you know, time doing this to be a yeah. world champion. Like, I, let's let's warm this up a little bit. Let me see how I am before right. I go, you know, uh, represent the United States in, in this. And he's like, well, you know, actually, um, no American has done this before. So yeah. if, if you want to be the first person from the united states to compete in the world championship um the the spot is yours you don't have to qualify you don't have to to do anything you just sign up wow it's like okay you know let me sleep on it yeah and uh and i tried to sleep that night i didn't and and the next day i i i knew the right answer you know i I knew uh, i was going to do this why it was my gut. I mean, it's the same thing, same reason why I didn't stop doing brawl for causes. It's the same reason why, um, why I decided to trust people like Trent or Sam when they said, you know, keep doing this. Um, I, I just knew that this was for me, mm. and uh, and it was going to be part of my story. And so, I, I sent him a message. I said I'm in. What you know? What's next? And uh, he sent me like a kind of like a rough training program, um, but it was based on. The assumption that I had other people around me that I could train yes. with yeah, in right. chess boxing, so it, it didn't honestly it didn't really help me much. Yeah, um, and so I I, I had about I had about eight weeks to write my own training program and and to basically navigate my own brawler's journey. Mm -hmm. I signed up for this thing that I'd never done. I was scared to do it. I was going up against people that were much more experienced than I was. And on top of all of that, I had to fly across the world to go compete in it because the world championship was in Calcutta, India. And um, it was just this, this massive mountain in front of me that I was looking at and I was terrified to to climb, but I knew I had to. And, um, and I, I thought I was well equipped for chess boxing, I, I you know boxing had been a passion for about uh, six years at this point mm-hmm. since starting Brawl for a Cause and uh, and I, gr- I had grown up playing chess. My mom had me in chess club when I was a little kid, and, and I played in tournaments until I was eleven. So I was like, oh, I'll just shake off the rust; I'll right. be fine. And uh, and that was not the case. I I found a chess coach just through Google and yeah. you know Googling chess chess coaches Atlanta and this organization called Chess Atlanta came up and. The the CEO of it was the Colombian national champion. He had he had played all over the world. He was an wow. international master. Uh, he was a really talented chess player, and he he lived not too far away from me. Okay, and I reached out to him, and I was like, "Hey, you know, I'm doing this chess boxing world championship thing, and I'm, I'm looking for some chess champ training. Like, what what are your rates?" And he said, "You're competing in the world championship on behalf of the states." And I said, "Yeah," and he said, "I'll train you for free." Oh my gosh! I said, "Okay," and. Uh, Basically, what he facilitated was was the ability for me to go to any of his chess camps yeah. leading up to the the event, and he had chess camps every week. Mm. Um, chess Atlanta does a lot of the, the after school programs and chess camps for the, the private schools in Atlanta and some of the public schools. And so, I remember the first day of my chess training. I show up, and I'd been playing a little bit of blitz chess on Chess dot com. I was like, "All right, you know, let's do this." And he has me sit down in the middle of the room. Um, I have a chess timer, five minutes on each side, 10 minutes to play the game. But each player has five minutes uh, to play their half of the game. And if either of you run out of time, it counts as checkmate. So it's just as important to, to manage your clock as it is to manage your pieces. And there's about 20 kids in the chess camp, all ages 8 to 12. Okay. He has me play every single camper in the chess camp. Yeah. I don't win a single game. Oh, my Lord. So I have distracted eight-year-olds yeah. that are like looking around the room, watching the game that's happening next to ours, destroying me, checkmating me, eight-year-olds. And you're how old? I'm 28. my <laughs> gosh. And in eight weeks, I'm flying to India to represent the United States against other grown adults yeah. in chess boxing. Yeah. So you know, I, I stay for about three hours and I lose every game and I walk out to the parking lot and I sit in my car and I cry. Yeah. I'm just like, I just announced to my friends and family and all these brawlers and, you know, everyone I work with, like like everyone that I'm doing this thing and I can't beat a child. Yeah. Um, Like, I'm so screwed. And so, you know, I pull myself together and and I go home that night and I'm thinking and I'm like, you know, there's definitely a way out of this. I can get injured. I can have some sort of conflict with business or family or whatever. I can I can back out of this. I can get out of this because I'm clearly not prepared. I'm not going to be prepared. I, I let fear in, yeah. right? I, I, I let myself give in for a little bit of just like, screw this. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm, I'm clearly not cut out for this. And that was the first wall I hit. And it was on day one. Yeah. Very first wall I hit. And... I was about to turn around and walk back to where I started. But what I decided to do instead is keep going. Like find a way over the wall or under yeah. the wall or walk around it or when whatever. Did you, when did you make this decision? When you're sitting in the car? Like when do you, you know, know that? Back at home that Okay. Yeah. I, I, my mind was racing with all these ways I could get out of it. But um, I made the decision to keep going. And, and what I realized is that every brawler that signs up hits that same thing. Whether it's the first day of them training and they're puking in the trash can because they had no idea what boxing training is. Yeah. Or it's the, the first time they spar and they get popped and they don't like how a punch feels to the nose. Right. It, all of them hit that moment and like, I'm definitely quitting. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to call Matt and I'm going to tell him, sorry, I'm out. And all the ones that get to the day of the event push past that. And if I'm going to lead this organization, if, I, if I'm going to train, equip, and inspire those people, I need to walk the walk. Yeah, I need to fight the fight. You know, I can't just talk the talk. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that, that was the first wall. But I knew after that more walls would come. Yeah, and I get over them. And and so chess training kept going. I put six to eight hours a day into chess every day. There's no substitute for time input. There's no substitute for repetitions. Yeah. Anything you want to get better at, doesn't matter how much you suck. Just keep doing it. Yeah, keep doing it. Watch people that are good at it. Put yourself in situations where you're in over your head and keep going Mm -hmm. like there's there's nothing you can't get better at yeah so put the repetitions in for chess got in the best shape of my life stopped drinking actually watched my diet never watched my diet yeah um and and just saw instant progress just little tweaks made all the difference in the world and how far i could run how hard i could hit uh how much i could focus on the board all of these things and and so you know i go through this eight-week journey and I just feel like a different person. I unleash yeah. this this version of myself that I'm now addicted to. Yeah, and I'm completely in love with, and um, and I go over to India, and uh, what what I came to find is is the the challenge was in those moments in the in the parking lot or yeah. the, the 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 sparring sessions that. The, the tournament itself, you know, it challenged me in, in some ways. I'm in a foreign country. I'm watching out for food that could, you know, tear up my stomach because yeah. it's India and the water's bad. Yeah. And anything that's washed, you're, you know, it's dangerous. And, <laughs> you know, the sleep schedule is off because you're on the other side of the world. There's right. there's these other minor challenges, but it's all stuff you've already dealt with. Yeah. At the 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 culmination of the hero's journey when you face that dragon, you face all your trials again. But this time, when you face them, you've already you, you've already navigated yeah. them. You know how to mentally mm-hmm. and physically and and forcefully push past. Them. Yeah. Um. And then, uh, you know, kind of the the climax of the whole experience yeah. is is the finals. And um, I got matched up against this this thirty four year old dude. Um. He was actually the the boxing coach for the indian chess boxing team um so he had a lot more boxing experience than me and, and going into the event especially after that first chess camp experience right. i thought boxing was going to be my strength and that i was just going to have to kind of survive and yeah. in chess but you know this guy was stronger than me at boxing he, he had a way more experience and i didn't know this until the first round but he came out as a southpaw so oh. you know even even most of my training against regulars it didn't really help me yeah I, thank goodness trent gant is a is a southpaw and mm. I, I got a few sparring sessions in with him but you know he came out as a southpaw he had more experience better timing uh better defense and and so i had to beat him on the board and um and i remember i, I got a little bit of an advantage in the first round I, I was up a piece maybe a piece in a pawn and uh and going into the first boxing round i was like all right i just gotta survive yeah i just, I just gotta get through this and um, he probably won that first boxing round. He landed, landed more shots. He countered, countered me more effectively. And uh, there was one shot. It's the hardest I've ever hit anyone. And it was right before the end of the round, literally like two seconds before the bell. Mm-hmm. And I caught him just like right above his jawline, like kind of close to his temple through a right hook. And I remember looking into his eyes and, and, and seeing that just for a second, he wasn't really there. No, yeah. So he, he, he left and, and he kind of came back to, and I saw, I saw a look of fear and, um, and then the bell rang and I was like, okay. Um, I, I go to my corner, I take off my gloves. I start doing my really slow, really deep yoga breaths to calm myself down, get my heart rate down, get my adrenaline down so I can refocus on the board. And we sit back down at the board and, um. And the referee hits the timer and he says, play. And it's my opponent's turn. And um, and he picks up a white piece and he moves it. And there's video of this, and I, I watched the video and it made me crack up. And I'm I'm like, I'm bewildered. Yeah. I look down, I'm like, he just moved the white piece. Like, I thought I was white. And I look down, I'm like, I'm definitely white. And I look at the ref, and the ref kind of figured it out at the same time I did, and he, he, he pauses the game, he moves the white piece back, and he, he tells my opponent to move again. Picks up another white piece and he moves it. And I'm like, oh, this guy's messed up. Oh like, my gosh. I was like, this is my chance. Yeah. Like, he has no idea what color he is. Yeah. Like, he he's in trouble. Like, yeah. I gotta end this quick. Yeah. And, uh, and the ref pauses it again, moves the other piece back, tells him to move again, points to a black piece. He moves it. I move fast. Move, hit my timer back in his court. He's yeah. taking a long time to think, makes another move, I move, hit my timer. Mm-hmm. Five or six more moves I have him checkmate. Yeah. Oh my lord. And that that feeling, you know, it it was it was a rush in the moment. Like yeah. being present is like, okay, like I won. Yeah. But what what gave it all the context and all the meaning was that journey. Yeah. Right. Eight weeks ago, like that you lost an eight-year-old. I couldn't be that eight-year-old. All of them. And and I thought back to all the people that I sparred with. They're all brawlers. Yeah. They're all people that have already gone through this journey that mm-hmm. decided to give back yeah. and help me through mine. I thought about my coaches. I thought thought about these people that donated to my campaign where I yeah. overcame the fear of saying, mm-hmm. hey, I believe in Brawl for a Cause. I want to keep doing this. Will yeah. you donate to help me do that? Yeah. And, and all these people flashed in my head, and I realized why I was doing this. Yeah. It's, it's that community. It's that shared experience that we're all going through. Jeez. And... um. It was magic. Yeah, God, dude, that's
0: that is cool. I felt when you were going through the story of the actual match, I felt like I was in the heat of it. I was like, oh my gosh, I could <laughs> I could see his eyes just like lose and go to the back of his head. That is awesome. Um, so the final two questions I always ask the same people. So okay. right now you you're 28 years old. Um, You know, you just decided that you're going to go brawl for a cause full time. So, I'm sure you have goals and things that you want to accomplish with brawl for a cause. And I'm I'm sure you got things you want to do with chess boxing and things down the road you want to do, accomplish, and create. What does 38-year-old Matt Thomas look like? What has he done? What has he accomplished?
1: So, the organization's mission. um, I gave you the qualitative one already. Yeah. Train, equip, and inspire everyday people to literally fight for what. We believe in we'll never accomplish that mission there's always going to be more people to go through a hero's journey yeah so we're going to keep doing that long after i'm dead mm-hmm. right but the first goal is to to build something that lasts beyond me yeah the quantitative goal is to donate a billion dollars in my lifetime mm. so right now we're at 330k we're at a third of a million dollars we have a long way to go yeah and I don't come from money. I haven't built a, a Microsoft or or a, a Berkshire Hathaway to where right. I can write million dollar checks. But what I can do is I can build a system early in life that that self propagates. Yeah. Where where brawlers can can tap their networks and 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 raise funds of awareness for something they believe in, and, and there's no shortage of people that can do that. Yeah. And so. My belief is that we will stand on the shoulders of giants. Our, our success is tied to who is willing to step into the ring, step into the arena and fight for what they believe in. And so 38-year-old Matt, I, I would love to have accomplished that goal mm-hmm. of a billion dollars. Gotcha. That's um, awesome. And the the way that we'll do that is is through a combination of what we've already done, which is really focusing on the the experience of the brawler. Yeah. The more that we can invest in them – that's key the the more that uh this organization will, will grow and benefit right. a lot of people ask me when are you doing your next city yeah when are you expanding uh, you know are you going to la are you going to new york are you going to austin and for a while i thought that was the best path forward you know we'll go do this in new york where you know atlanta's a great market for this but new york there's more money more people um there's similar events, so people get it. You know, yeah. like It would be a good market for this. But when I reflected more and more, and when I thought about what the future looks like, I brought an idea to the board that um, I, I think is a much better one, which is instead of expanding physically, we could expand digitally. Hmm. We can invest in storytelling that doesn't involve bringing people into a physical room. But instead, film the entire brawler's journey, that hero going through all of his trials, all of his training, all the way up to facing his dragon. And if we film that whole process, if we, if we show that evolution of a character, yeah. it's something that will inspire people. It'll bring more people to uh, realize what our mission is and want to get involved with it. And the beautiful thing about digital content is that there is no ceiling. There are no walls. Yes, yeah. there is no limit to how far it can reach. It, it doesn't just have to be in in Atlanta, New York, LA. It doesn't even have to just be in the United States. It can be all over the world. And if we if we put what we're doing out there, if we if we put it on YouTube, on Twitch, if we if we sell it to a Netflix or an Amazon, or if we put it on on television. We, we let the stories expand for us. Yeah. And then wherever there's the most interest for another market, once we have 100 yeah. people sign up in New York, well, now it's a no-brainer. Mm. We know where people want to fight for what yeah. they believe in, and I we'll go there that. next. So we, we let that interest bubble up, and then it'll pull us in like a magnet yeah. to a new market. So what we're focusing on this year is we'll, we'll be doing Mercedes-Benz Stadium again. Yeah. And we're starting training now. And we're having brawlers film themselves mm. from the second they sign up and they're scared and they don't really yeah. know what they're getting into, to all the moments where they're doubting themselves. The first thing we say is pull out that phone and talk now, into yeah. it, That's talk awesome. into it, and track that journey because other people are going to go through it. And even, even if you don't get through it, or even if you don't have the, the positive experience, you doing that will help them. Yeah, you'll pa- you'll pass that boon forward, and uh, and so us investing in that. Digital content, I think, is our future. Gotcha.
0: That's yeah. cool. Well, I want to I want to acknowledge you um, for having that goal. That's a great goal. But I want to acknowledge you for being a storyteller and um, for being mindful of your own story and your own trials and tribulations that you've gone through, and realizing that that was what you actually that you had to go through so that you could talk the talk and walk the walk and be able to you know, transfer that energy to other people and have other people do that for themselves and be able to have all these stories out there because I think it's gonna be super impactful for, for people because like when you had your your doubts and you didn't want to move forward with, with Brawl for a Cause, you needed other people to kind of reinvigorate you and light your fire to keep going. And being able to see other people's stories is gonna do that for other people when they're second guessing themselves and their own capabilities. So I think that what you're doing is, awesome and super cool and it's really gonna be great for people to be mindful of their own stories and and their own things that they overcome so that's awesome Um, but before I ask the last question I want you to let people know where they can find you on social media and online and all that good stuff
1: sure so um, follow Brawl for a Cause it's at Brawl for a Cause B-R-A-W-L for a Cause okay Um, it's the same on Facebook Uh, so Facebook and Instagram are are primarily where we put out content yeah uh, we also have a YouTube channel that will be ramping up with this next event. Uh, for me personally, I, I have a few alter egos on <laughs> Instagram. I, I compartmentalize or categorize my content. So I have a travel account. That's Mats Mundo. So M-A-T-T-S underscore M-U-N-D-O. Um, and then you, so you'll see some some pictures from India yeah. uh, with the chess boxing stuff and, and from Thailand where I went after if you follow that, and then uh, I have a fitness account that's Matt Thomas Fit, M-A-T-T-T-H-O-M-A-S underscore F-I-T. Um, so you can check those out if you're interested in me, but hopefully you're, you're more interested in Brawl for a Cause and go follow those. <laughs> you go. And, uh, and if you have any interest in signing up to fight for what you believe in and navigating this brawler's journey, uh, Brawlforcause.com has that application. You fill out a form. You're plugged into our system. We'll start sending you some motivational content. We'll start sending you opportunities to train with mm-hmm. uh, Brawl veterans, with Brawl prospects, with Brawl teamers, um, and you can get you can get involved in our community.
0: That's awesome! Such a great way to write your own story and then be able to you know deliver and be able to give that to other people and and transfer that energy and um, everything like that. So that's awesome, dude. Um, last question I always ask everybody is. Being the best version of yourself to me is a, a constant journey. I don't know if we're ever at that best version of ourself, but um, you know we're always trying to upgrade ourselves better today than we were yesterday, better tomorrow than we were today, and that sort of thing. So what I want to ask you is, for you personally, if you could do or work on three things to help become that best version of yourself, that best Matt, Matt Thomas that you could be, what are those three things that you could do or three things that you could work
1: on? So this chapter of my life is focused on exploration and building brawl for a cause. So I'm exploring myself. I'm knowing myself. I'm loving myself. I do that through travel and through fitness. And I, I think exploring the world is something that everyone should do while they're young because it's not about seeing the Eiffel Tower or Machu Picchu or the Taj Mahal It's about seeing yourself in different uncomfortable scenarios and Mm -hmm. learning how you react to your Uncomfort zone and uh, that has been pivotal to to my growth my evolution and and knowing and loving myself Um, I'm focused on building the brawl the brawl right now because I want to do that for the rest of my life and I wanted to exist beyond um, You know this this life this, this this vessel um And I know that I have more time and more bandwidth to be able to do that now than I would when I have more priorities like a family. Um, So, what I want to start working on for the next chapter is becoming the best human husband and father that I can possibly be. Mm. And that starts now. Um, I I don't have any prospects for who uh, my life partner is, which means that there are no kids in the picture yet. But... The, the actions that I take today, the the habits that I'm building, the the ways that I'm thinking about human interaction and self-interaction will all affect that future life partner and yep. those those kids that all help shape for this world. And uh, and so something that I'm planting the seeds for now is is becoming that best version of myself or or that best human husband and father that I can possibly be. So um, that can be things as simple as learning how to cook. Yeah. People need to eat. And uh, the, the the more you can cook healthy food and and provide for your family in that way, the the better human husband and father you're gonna be. Yeah. So teach myself how to cook. It's easy. YouTube yeah. has everything. And yeah. and I have friends that are are chefs and um you know, there, there are books out there like four-hour chef where you can you can do it in a very like efficient min-max kind of way. So cooking is one way. Um, Journaling is another. Knowing myself, knowing how to work through issues, having a life manual that you can look back on and say, hey, last time I was depressed, here's how I got out of it. Yeah. Or or last time I was on top of the world, here's how I fell. How can I avoid those pitfalls this time? Mm. Um, I think those are extremely important practices that everyone can put into effect today uh, that will pay off, pay dividends for the rest of your life.
0: Yeah. Awesome, dude. Well, that's all we got. I appreciate you coming in. That was awesome, dude. Sure. There you have it. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Now it's time to act. Leave a like and a comment on YouTube. Subscribe to that page. If you're on iTunes, leave it a five-star review. Help the show move up the ranks so more and more people can get access to it. Feel free to take a screenshot of this episode and let me know you're listening on Instagram. Matt's philosophical perspective on the hero's journey is something that inspires me. It drives me to create my own journey, to write my own story and to come out victorious. He's found such a cool, unique way to empower others to step outside of their comfort zone and create a challenge for themselves. Thanks so much for listening. Keep taking consistent action every single day. Now it's time to go out and upgrade yourself today to get closer and closer to your best you.